Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another exciting off-season edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. I'm Andy Hart alongside Nick Fitzy Stevens and Chris Shime Time, Mr. Negativity Shime. And I, I think we need to acknowledge we are now officially in the dead period of the football season. If there is one, the year-round calendar takes a little bit of a break. Minicamp closed out early. And now the next step on the calendar is training camp, the end of July. Bill Belichick will be off in Nantucket. Coaches will be spending a month with their families. And we will spend a month uh, drumming up content in various forms or fashion. Andy, I would like to ask one question and then make a funny little point from an event I attended yesterday as we carry on with this sort of like other portion of the offseason podcast, Six Rings and Football Things. One, where do you rank this dead period in and amongst the post-Super Bowl, up till Combine, post-draft, until OTAs. There's like three specific month-long chunks. Which is the deadest of the NFL dead zones, if you will? Oh, I think this is the deadest. When, yeah. When you yeah. say Bill Belichick is going to be on a boat with a beer in his hand, disconnected from oh, football. Oh, talk to me. Oh, like, yeah. This, he, he, he finally acts like a human being. Right, like he's this just is the jamming time. out to Yacht Rock, just really yep. letting it all go. He's okay. probably down in that. What is that? Uh, Annapolis Harbor. He's got his boat parked. He's got. He's walking around with a mixed drink and a styrofoam cup. Like that's that's where Belichick is right now. Yeah, we're on to a Cape Codder, Linda. Yeah, yep. you totally know. He's on the eight rings out there in Nantucket, running into the fields and the rest of the Belichicks and John the Portnoy's and the Henrys. Uh, Nike oh, yeah. swoosh dog up and down yeah. the beach. Yeah. And Paying nineteen ninety five for a half pound of pre-prepared uh, albacore tuna salad at the local overpriced Nantucket deli, just like everybody else living that top shelf life. But it brings me to this point. So, and it's Belichick related. Yesterday, I'm at the Joe Andrewsy fourteenth uh, annual Joe Andrewsy golf tournament to benefit his foundation, and uh, it's at Black Rock, a beautiful country club in Hingham. There were some Patriots players there. Shout out Jake Bailey for being a dude saying hello. Dante Scarnecchia in the house, but we're at the 13th hole and there's a restroom and a beverage cart. And so there's a group of people stopped. And as we're waiting to tee off, a black Cherokee pulls up and does a flat out rolling stop uh, and then doesn't even stop at a stop sign. And then as the group turns to look, the black Cherokee peels off before anyone else can get a look. One member of my party looked in and as I'm coming back for the bathroom, Someone goes, hey, Fitzy, guess who that was? Bill Belichick didn't even stop at the stop sign. (laughs) 
It, he doesn't need to stop anywhere. No, he does. He's got. I guess he's got a membership. I believe he's got residents there alongside the course. But Belichick, as he's doing a rolling stop, I think realizes, ah, oh, crap. There's a bunch of guys that are probably going to recognize yep. me, and then just peels off in his Cherokee. Bill Belichick, shine just like the rest of us. Does Drives a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I love to hear that. No days <laughs> off and no stop signs. So uh, this first segment, we're going to get into. Uh, we promised positional breakdowns. We're going to get that into that in the second segment. We'll kick that off for a series of podcasts, and we have Fitzy's favorite potpourri, Pat's potpourri, to close things out. But first, we're going to talk about questions. We're going to answer some questions, or at least pose the questions. Our friends over at the Thirty Third Team. Uh, put out an article and we've cited them. I like some of their work. I think they kind of pose different questions and topics and tierings of players and all those various things. Uh, burning questions for all 32 NFL teams. And they chose an obvious one for the Patriots. So we're actually not going to use that one because it was the coaching situation on offense. Is Belichick going to regret not naming a play caller yet? All of that. We have broken that down ad nauseum mm-hmm. in a number of podcasts. But I want to use that as a leaping off point. Beyond the coaching situa- situation situation with yeah, Patricia nice and Judge, I want each of us to offer up the biggest question this team faces heading into the 2022 season. And I'm going to let Mr. Positivity, a.k.a. Chris Scheim, <laughs> kick things off. Yeah, so I, I think my biggest question would be the defensive backs, right? You lose J.C. Jackson, who was, without question, your best defensive back. You bring in Malcolm Butler, Terrence Mitchell, and then you draft uh, John or er, uh, Jack, Jack Jones. Jones and Marcus Jones. Mm-hmm. Now, Jack Jones, as Andy has pointed out, has looked really good on the practice field. Yep. And again, it's shelves, it's practice, but it, alas, looks really good, which is positive. Uh, Marcus Jones, however... Not a whole lot going on there yet. We're going to have to wait and see. Ultimately, I think you're going to need some kind of impact from at least one of those guys for this def- for this secondary to have any success. I think bringing Malcolm Butler back is is fine. He's, he's a, de- a depth piece that helps um, because he knows the system. And, and you have plenty of safeties, so you're going to play that amorphous safety in the box, too high defenses. That's great. But unfortunately, the cornerbacks are just not super strong right now. So unless one of those rookies really emerges, I think the biggest question has to be those cornerbacks. Uh, I love the answer. I definitely think that's in the running for one of the biggest questions for this team. Uh, A couple points. First of all, just give me your three starters right now, just off the top of your head. Um, Malcolm Butler, uh, Jalen Mills, and Jonathan Jones. That's probably accurate, and as we said, maybe there'll only be two corners on the field. Maybe the safeties will take up one of those corner spots. I don't know. So Maybe, maybe there'll now, be zero? Uh, I don't think that's likely, but hey, maybe <laughs> it's possible. Listen, you know, all all options are on the table. It is the dead zone, and also the Patriots are going to try to do things that people haven't seen on the field this year. We said dead zone, not dumb zone. Um, I would not, uh, <laughs> not be overly happy with no corners on the field. Uh, Malcolm Butler, I thought, had a good camp. One quick note on Jack Jones. Mike Reese wrote about him in his, uh, whatever he calls him, his Sunday News and Notes. And I thought he was trying to spin it kind of positive. He didn't really say anything. He just listed Jack Jones's salary cap charges, which are nothing. He sized his contract. You know, he's a fourth round rookie. He's not going to make any money. We know that. It's also irrelevant. I don't really care whether he makes money or not. Can he play? Just like I didn't really care whether J.C. Jackson makes money or not. I know he can play. So I don't know if Reese was trying to sort of paint a subtle, well, they have Jack Jones making no money. And if he's as good as he looked in shorts and T-shirts in June, 
they'll never regret J.C. Jackson. And I'm like, we'll see. If he picks off 25 passes over the next three years, like J.C. Jackson, then you're right. He's a great value. If he sucks, then I don't think he's a great value. Or even if he's mediocre, then you still don't have a number one corner. So the money thing pisses me off. My answer to this is simple. Offensive line. We've talked about it. House of cards. The difference between corner and O-line is that there may be a starting five you like, right? Like there's five guys that if healthy and if out there, Trent Brown, which for minicamp was left tackle, then Cole Strange, David Andrews, Mike Unwenu, and Isaiah Wynn when he showed up for minicamp after skipping OTAs and pretended he didn't care that uh, he doesn't have a new contract, didn't care that he's at right tackle, even though it was the fakest smile I've ever seen and the fakest chuckle I've ever seen. Um, If they're healthy, I think that's a pretty good line. Now, there's nothing else. They're like, And you have health issues with Wynn in the past, staying on the field. Trent Brown, certainly health issues, already has health issues this summer, dealing with something that's limited him through OTAs and minicamp. I don't know who the backups are. I think they need to acquire a veteran or two on the offensive line because I'm just not sold that Yadni Kajust and Justin Huron and Will Sherman and – James Ferentz and any of these Stuba. guys. Uh, Stuber hasn't even been out there. I want right. to talk Stuber into something. He's not even out there. So the chances that they stay healthy and all you know are ready to go are slim. So I think the line is a major question. And don't forget about the fact that the coaching along the offensive line, they're basically going into whether Matt Patricia is part-time play caller, run game coordinator, de facto offensive line coach. You realize this will be like the fourth offensive line coach on the Patriots in less than a decade. That's significant turnover going from Gouge to back to Scar to Brasillo and Popovich to just Brasillo, I believe it was last year, and Billy Yates assisting, and now it's Matt Patricia. There's been major turnover along the coaching front on the offensive line. Nick Cayley, one of the stalwarts, I can't believe I'm calling a 45-year-old guy we've only come to really learn the name of in the past year because we thought he might be an offensive coordinator candidate being uh, a veteran presence along your offensive line as tight ends coach. They definitely, and this is why we brought it up previously on the pod. I wrote about it a few weeks back for WEEI.com, why the Patriots should look into a couple of veteran additions. I think we all agree taking a flyer on somebody like um, uh, Reese Riley or whatever the hell his name was. Riley, Riley, thank you so much. Uh, Played with Cincinnati last year. was actually pretty good before he got hurt. Eric Fisher, bring in uh, a ta- a swing tackle that you depth might be tackle. able to have a depth tackle. If they're great, maybe they push these. Maybe they push these guys and give you depth behind Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn. I think it's a great idea. And uh, just to sh- what Shime was talking about previously, uh, since you so courteously skipped over me getting a chance to weigh in on Shime's <laughs> cornerback and secondary issue, Andy, the secondary has the chance to either uh, I won't say uh, wow us, but surprise us with effectiveness a la maybe 2013, or it could turn into a 2011 situation where we're starting a slot receiver in the Super Sterling Bowl, Moore not and- going to the Super Bowl. But yeah, you got Sterling Moore and Kyle Arrington and Julian Edelman, and God knows what the hell is going on back there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if Jack Jones in Reese's Pieces, I think that's the name of what he calls it, Andy? It um, used to be on Boston.com. Yeah, I don't know if right. it's called I think it's just my news Sunday news and notes or something. It's no Boring. Sunday 7, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> Uh, I I think he absolutely 100% was doing that to sort of point out like, well, obviously if JC Jackson got that bag with the chargers and Jack Jones can play 
80 to 85% of what JC Jackson was giving you, it's a smart value play. So high risk reward with that chime. Um, and your thoughts on the offensive line before I get to my point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we've talked, I think we've talked about it a few times now. I, I completely agree. I think they need to sign some sort of depth tackle depth piece, either that would help it barring injury in case of injury, because both Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown aren't necessarily the healthiest guys on the planet. I'd and, say when, when the injury yeah, comes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if, even if they are healthy, if one of those depth tackles proves to be useful and like good, I guess it kind of makes Isaiah win a little bit more expendable if you can get anything for him, I guess. Um, but ultimately, I think you're right. I think it's just depth. They need tackle depth, in my opinion, because I just don't feel like you have it right now. And one more thing just to throw in there is we're accepting Cole Strange as like a known He may commodity. not be ready right away right? either. But, I mean, he's been uh, given too bad. He's been bad. given the thought. He is a starting guard. Like, he's been anointed yeah. that. So, but if he sucks... He may take some adjusting and you don't mm-hmm. have Ted Karras to put out there. You don't have that mm-hmm. like those that that behind the scenes. You trust him kind of guy that they don't have much depth. Fitzgerald, no, what's your answer? all right, boys? Uh, solid choices from both of you. I can't believe none of us are going with offensive skill related questions as our burning question heading into the 2022 season. I'm going to hop on the D train as well. Excuse My me? biggest burning question, you heard right. That's right. You heard right there, hat. You love D. Line. Yes, I do, especially because it Always, wins championships. Hmm. The linebackers. Really? The talent flush. The stiffer, the better. Uh, right. Listen, and you guys give me trouble for dropping the occasional S-bomb. Yet, Innuendo like City. Penetrates, actually. With the, all right. All right. With the mayor and the, the assistant the mayor. Stop it. Nice firm. <laughs> Clogging Just the go. gaps for the di- oh, oh, yes. oh, now it's no, now I can't say it, but of course you can. The linebackers, where on the team will the Patriots have undergone a greater veteran talent overhaul than on linebacker? I mean, you're you're moving on, it seems, from Dante Hightower. You have moved mm, on yep. from Kyle Van Noy. These are mm. multiple Super Bowl champions, these are locker room leaders, these are guys that always, or at least usually when they could be. We're in position all the time. And now you're trusting the linebacking core on a defense that we've been told, or at least that has been hinted to us, could be positionless, a bit amorphous, undergoing a bit of a transition for speed and explosiveness to try to keep up with these powerhouse offenses in the AFC. Your linebacking core now, the veteran leaders, Juwan Bentley, and it's Raekwon McMillan and Cameron McGrone and Josh Uche and Ronnie Perkins, like, Again, talk about sink or swim, boom or bust. That seems to me, guys, to be the running theme of the 2022 New England Patriots defense. It's going to be boom or it's going to be bust. When you look specifically at the Patriots defense, like it screams the bridge, right? He's trying to feel out exactly what he has on the defensive side of the ball between the young guys he drafted last year, his new young guys, and then figure out what he needs to add next offseason with all that money that's going to end up being in their pockets all of a sudden. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you hope you struck gold on one or two guys, 
but there are just a million question marks between the linebackers and secondary. It's it's like we said, it's nut cutting time. It's junk on the table time. It's put up or shut up. Hey, Uche, can you play Ronnie Perkins? Do you have any Trey flowers like potential? And you like Raquan McMillan. Okay. You're a year off the ACL. We thought you were going to be great last year. Can you be great this year? And Cameron McGrone, is there any chance you could cover Isaiah McKenzie or any of these speedy receivers who run freely over the middle of the field and absolutely diced and annihilated the Patriots at the end of last season? Yeah, I, uh, I love the the question. I think we're finding there's a lot of questions about this. Oh team. yeah, but I, I think that's something we knew is that there was going to be, especially this time of the year, we just we don't know what their plan is in a lot of scenarios, and, and there's just a lot of roster talent questions. And, and I'm and I'm thrilled to like we didn't ask if we think Mac Jones can make a year two leap. I think most of us believe Mac Jones can make a year two leap. We didn't talk about the wide receiver room. They need a deep threat. They need more weapons. We didn't talk about that or running backs, which we believe will be a strength. So I find encouragement in that. Well, uh, there's encouragement in in one sense, like because some of those positions like Mac, the receivers, it's do they measure up to the elite opposition? Like. Right, like the competition. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of these positions we're talking about, corner and linebacker, it's like, do you have starters? Like, do you actually have guys to put on the field that not not do you have elite guys, not do you have Pro Bowl guys? Do you actually have guys that are capable of just filling the position? So it'll be interesting. You know what I like about it as somebody who covers training camp and is down there on a semi-regular slash daily basis. What it do you like you plenty, about it, Andy? Gives you plenty to watch, like focus on like competition, like who's out there, who's doing what. There's a lot to that, learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. like especially the young linebackers. Uh, you know, you mentioned Uche. He's kind of at the top of that heap just because mm-hmm. both Belichicks have been like, yeah, he's a big piece of the puzzle. And it's I don't feel as great about him just because it's year three. Like, yeah. how long are we going before we expect him to actually do something where – Perkins and McGrone, it's like, well, I, I don't really know. They're unknown. Yeah, they haven't touched the field. It's mm-mm, only year mm-mm. two. Like, there's a chance that there's something there, or there's a chance that sure. they're going to get cut next year. Like, well, the, and the, but this is Uche's chance to sit to either showcase that you're not uh, sh- the next Sean Crable, uh, that you're not Jermaine Cunningham, that you're not the linebacking equivalent of Nikhil Harry, that you can be something. Otherwise, take the Winovich Express out of town. Nice to see you. I think that's the one good thing that a lot of these young guys have is they're going to have opportunity, right? Yep. No, there's no lack of opportunity there. There's no roadblocks. It's if you play well, it's yours. If you don't see ya. hundred percent. So it should make for fun camp competition and uh, fun blogging on weei.com and fun discussions on the six rings podcast as we work our way through August and into September. But for now, we are in June, and we are talking about the depth of the Patriots. This is Six Rings Podcast. Contact us on Twitter at Six Rings Pod, Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. If you want to send an email and tell Shime he's a boob and he's the most negative person that you've ever heard talk about the Patriots. Always. 